Doctors of Reddit, what is the most stupid thing a patient has said trying to correct you? I asked a patient complaining of dizziness if she had ever been diagnosed with vertigo. The daughter chimed in and said, no, no, she's a Libra. I then laughed hysterically at her awesome joke. She was dead serious. Patient comes in with abdominal pain. I think it's my gallbladder, they say. Looking over their chart, I see their gallbladder was removed 20 years ago, so that is impossible. I mention this, to which they reply, yeah, but it grew back. Yes, I know there are a number of other things it could have been. A retained stone crossed my mind, but after 20 years, I found this unlikely. He, she also had this scar to vouch for the surgery. There was definitely a psychosocial element to the case. I took care of a child that got chicken pox. The mother was strongly anti-vax, but was yelling at me, How can modern medicine not have a treatment for chicken pox? She couldn't grasp the concept that we do, she just refused it for her child. Sir, I need to know why you stopped taking your antiretrovirals for your HIV. Well, I met this witch online that- Wait, did you say witch? Yeah, she sent me a bunch of herbs every month to cure my HIV, and they worked. Last time I checked, I was cured. Where and what tests did you do to know you were cured? I made an online test that the witch told me to. There were a lot of random questions, but in the end, said that I was free of HIV. Okay, we will need to do a blood test to confirm that. Now, can you tell me which herbs you were consuming? Hmm, I don't know the name, but I have them right here. He points at his backpack. May I take a look? Sure. I opened the bag and what I saw was nothing but grinded oregano with something that smelled like chlorine. The patient sadly died from a severe sepsis a month later with a highly resistant microorganism just because a witch in a website told him to stop taking his meds. A mother brought her 14-year-old daughter to the ER due to hypogastric pain and spotting. We asked the daughter when was her last period. She said two months ago. We asked her for her sexual history, thinking this might be an ectopic pregnancy. The mother kept butting in, saying that she is still a virgin and she has no boyfriend. We left it at that until her mother went out to go to the bathroom. The patient admitted that she had sexual intercourse with a classmate of hers. We requested for pregnancy test and HCG titers. It really looks like ectopic pregnancy. We advised the mother that her daughter needs immediate surgical intervention. She refused to believe us, saying that the lab results are unreliable and untrue. She keeps on saying that her daughter is a virgin. She stormed out of the ER with her daughter that looks really in pain. I had a patient once with family members who were some of the most frustrating people I've ever dealt with. The patient was morbidly obese and had open sores and wounds in all her skin folds. Cleaning her when she was first admitted was like some sort of disgusting clown car. We found a floral pillowcase shoved under one fold and what we think was a smashed bread crust in a fold near her groin. Anyway, because of her weight, she wasn't a candidate for surgery and therefore there was nothing our team could do for her. I think about five or six different meetings were held with her family to discuss her prognosis. Her daughter told the attending physician he didn't know what he was talking about and that she had been this sick before and pulled through. Her pH was so low, it just read as below 6.8, and her blood pressure was a solid 60 over 25, despite every vasopressor under the sun running at three times the max doses. When the charge nurse pointed out her blood pressure on the monitor, the daughter said, psh, I've seen lower. When she finally died, her family was livid that we didn't save her. We coded her for 20 minutes, and they told us we should have continued for at least an hour. I felt terrible that our last days were spent in such torture, all because her family was in such denial about her condition. Had a patient with atrial fibrillation that needed to be on anticoagulation. I chose Pradaxa and the patient said, no, that one doesn't have any antidote. In fact, it's the only new oral anticoagulant that has an approved reversal agent. Patient refused to believe me, like I got some bonus for killing her or something. One-year-old hospitalized with ingestion of unknown drug. No immediate signs or symptoms. Mother says it's heroin from her brother's stash. Urine comes back positive for meth. Mom gets very angry and defensive and tells us it's just heroin and we should stop accusing her of having meth. Like, lady, why do you think letting your toddler try heroin is so much nobler? 
Another one I remembered back from my GP days out in the middle of nowhere. Lady comes in with itching of the scalp. I look at her head and she has matted, greasy, extremely dirty hair that actually smelled. I've seen a lot of dirty people, but it was really something else. She wanted medication. I suggested she wash and comb her hair regularly for a few days and see if it would get better. She said, and what if I wash my hair and it doesn't get better? Well, I'm sure you can accumulate the filth again in 10 years or something, so it's not a permanent loss. Lady comes in with shortness of breath. We check her troponin levels. They're elevated. Ma'am, you're having a heart attack. No, I'm not. Uh, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Her PCP came into the ER and fired her as his patient. She signed in against medical advice and left. She died the next day of a freaking heart attack. Yeah. I introduced myself to a patient as doctor, your anesthetist. Patient said that I could not be a doctor as anesthetists aren't doctors. Not long after, another patient asked me if I had to go to uni to be an anesthetist and still another asked me if I had to know as much as a pharmacist. The number of patients I have seen who are acutely unwell because they stopped their medication does my head in. Almost always the reason they stopped the medication is because the condition they were taking it for went away. As a result of the medication. Shaking my head. Totally irrelevant, but I kinda think anesthetists are rad. The only time anyone has been able to hit one of my veins first time with no waggling around in my arm was when I had to be knocked out. Everyone else struggles to get my veins, even when I'm hydrated. Fasting for surgery and no liquids? Still got a first shot. I was impressed. Also, I have pet rats, and anesthesia is risky AF for them. And not only is my rat vet's head nurse small animal anesthetist rad as heck, but every time my rats have had surgery, they've gone well and recovered from the anesthesia well. And I guess I just appreciate that no anesthetists have done me any wrong. Oh my gosh. Y'all don't get enough credit. Ophthalmologist here. Told patient he needed reading glasses, which he didn't believe. I explained that everyone develops presbyopia eventually. Come on, George Clooney doesn't wear reading glasses. A, yes he does, and B, not sure why you're comparing yourself with him. This one's so petty but kind of funny. Had a female patient. Her mom asked me to adjust her scrotum. Trying not to burst out laughing, I said, Your daughter's scrotum? She acted like I was stupid and pointed to the back of her neck. I knew she wouldn't listen, as she was so convinced till I stopped arguing with her. And I also wanted her to go around saying it to other people. Med student, but a patient was telling me about how a doctor suggested she may have shingles of the eye, trying to get me to laugh at the other doctor because apparently shingles of the eye is a ridiculous concept. You can totally get shingles in your eye, though. The time I was telling the family that the patient is going to die and her lab results, pH 6.6, lactic acid 25, are not compatible with life, and they said that they were pretty sure she would wake up if I put ice in her underpants. Well, yeah, we are not going to do that. She died, and they still didn't believe me she was dead. They kept trying to wake her up. I didn't have a heart attack. I had a myocardial infarction. That's what a heart attack is, chief. 20-year-old girl and her fiancé find out that she's pregnant. Me, partway through taking her history. Do you smoke cigarettes? Yeah, about a pack a day. You should definitely stop that. Well, my sister told me that if I stopped smoking, the baby would go into withdrawal and die. What? PSA, don't smoke if you're pregnant or planning on becoming pregnant. It's never too late to quit. Had a patient come into the ED for what was essentially a cold. Kept requesting antibiotics. Kept explaining that they wouldn't help her viral symptoms. But I did then sit down and give her a basic tutorial on the differences between bacteria and viruses and antibiotics and antivirals. Hopefully it was enough to help her in medical school finals the next week. The worst part is, I can't tell if this post is joking or not. I'm a doctor, but this was my nana, not a patient. She was drinking 11 cups of coffee a day, which is too much. We held an intervention while visiting for dinner, and when we told her she was addicted, she responded, No, no, the coffee is good for me. It helps me with my shaking. She cut down once we explained to her what drug withdrawal was. I work in a burn ICU, which is a weird little specialty. 
but the number of patients and visitors that come in knowing absolutely everything is annoying as heck. Mayonnaise, mustard, and butter are not acceptable burn treatments. Leave the condiments in the fridge. I do not appreciate having to scrub three jars of mayo off grandma. I had an incredibly sick patient with large burns and ARDS, a serious respiratory complication that makes it very difficult to oxygenate someone, even with maximum settings on the ventilator and continuous medication to open up the lungs. He was then put in a rotating bed that we bolt patients into and rotate them face down. He was also on continuous dialysis from sudden kidney failure. Anyway, so patient, incredibly sick, had 10 to 12 IV bags going at once. Just a general mess of a person. Here comes the family member with medical experience. These are the worst. They always end up being a transcriptionist or a nursing assistant at a nursing home or something. But they enjoy coming in and trying to run the show. Some highlights from said medical expert before I kicked her out of the unit. Why aren't you paying attention to his brain waves? Yes, she yelled everything. She was pointing to the display on the ventilator, which has everything to do with breathing and nothing to do with the brain. Why isn't he on propropanol? It's negligent to not have him on propropanol. She meant propofol. Think Michael Jackson. But he was on ketamine and Versed because those worked like a charm for him, and propofol was having some unwarranted effects on him earlier. The dressings are dirty. You need to change them immediately. Okay, go away right now. One, it takes at least an hour or so to change a full body dressing while they're on the rotating bed. And the patient was so sick that if we rotated him face down to face up to get the dressings on his front, the fluid shifting in his lungs would have likely killed him. Also, burn dressings get gross quickly. I was super irritated by the time I kicked her out. Never kicked anyone else out since, but jeez, she was annoying. When I was a medical student, this middle-aged male patient from a rural area got it in his head that I knew absolutely nothing, and he was doing me a service teaching and talking to me. He was in colorectal clinic for something unrelated and started telling me about the gland on the back of his neck that would drain every so often. When he saw that I was unfamiliar with this particular gland, he gave me this knowing look, laughed, and started instructing me, the dumb little medical student, about this gland. Apparently everybody has this gland for the immune system, but that his would drain when he was stressed. No, sir, I was being polite, but you have a nasty abscess on the back of your neck. I was hoping that the patient would try to explain this medical wonder to my attending when he came in, but alas, he didn't. Med student here, but I have had two winners. When discussing a precancerous skin lesion on a patient, they opted to use their laser ray instead of classic treatment. It was a cancer laser ray that was bought online. It also apparently had frequencies for arthritis. They insisted that the vibratory frequency can be tuned to destroy cancer cells, just like a trained singer may be able to use her voice to break a crystal glass. The patient did not believe that cancer cells and regular cells would have the same frequency. Another patient insisted that his cancer had been properly treated at home with baking soda. He gave me a website like PH Kills Cancer or something. The patient also had with them a surgery report in which it appears their baking soda consumption resulted in buildup of abnormal calcium in the wall of the stomach, which had to be removed. Veterinarian here. The anti-vax movement has been slowly seeping into my profession for years, but in my area it's gotten much worse recently. Almost every day now I have a client inform me on how toxic vaccines are and that I should talk to their dog's breeder because he or she is very informed. Most of the time I'm able to convince them that this is incorrect. However, some are still quite resistant. Vaccinating for rabies is not just a suggestion, it is the law, and my clinic has a policy that we don't let any of our healthy animals be vaccine-free. I've had a few clients walk out over this policy. I feel bad for their animals. These are the same kinds of clients that won't use flea and tick prevention on their obviously flea-infested dog, but will use lemongrass and peppermint instead. Spoiler, it doesn't work. Mom of baby. I don't vaccinate. It's against my religion. Oh, really? Just out of curiosity, what religion is that? I'm Catholic. Not really a correction per se, but it made me laugh a lot. 
I've had a few patients express dissatisfaction that their Botox only lasted three months, and they suspected that I was diluting the Botox. Both statements are absolutely true and consistent. Why are you looking at my hip? I said the pain was in my knee. The hip bone's connected to the leg bone. The leg bone's connected to the foot bone. Woman with this weird abdominal cramping twitching presentation. I won't say stupid because she probably had some kind of undiagnosed dementia, but definitely the most bizarre. Ask her what she's feeling, why she's twitching her abdomen. It's like it's trying to get out. Like what's trying to get out, ma'am? My, my, my sperm. Um, ma'am, you don't have sperm. Oh, for those of you curious, by the time I saw her, last official diagnosis was pseudo-seizures. She had a tendency to start twitching parts of her body whenever we would start asking whether she had twitching in those areas. Ma'am, have you had any twitching in your legs? She looks at leg. Leg starts twitching. Yeah, I have. Woman with breast cancer. She was in the medical field too, so I'm unsure why she said the things she did. Perhaps she was still in denial? I don't know. Anyhow, so I was the intern when she came in for a chest tube insertion to drain her pleural effusion. It was obviously suspected to be malignant. After the procedure, I went home and the resident on call had to deal with multiple calls from the distraught staff in her ward, for reasons I shall explain below. The next morning, I was told by said resident, sporting a haggard appearance and bloodshot eyes from a busy shift, that she was my problem now. With that, the poor man left her home. I go in to see her and first get accosted by ward staff, who tell me she legit refused all pain meds, right after procedure, which entailed a tube scratching against her parietal pleura. Ow. So I go in and am told by this woman who, let me remind you, was employed in the healthcare sector that the tube had been pushed in far too much and is stabbing her and that I need to undo the stitch and pull it out a few centimeters. Um, no lady, I'm not authorized to do that. The x-ray was fine, no intervention was necessary. I tell her she needs to take her meds if she wants the pain to get better and she says, no joke, that pain meds will further spread the cancer and that I should know that being a student of medicine. And she further said, look, no need to tell anybody, you're a doctor, use your own judgment and pull the tube out. <sighs> she was adamant. My professor was going to be late that day, and I obviously wasn't going to do anything without his permission. I documented her refusal and went on my way. She left by the afternoon against medical advice. I feel bad for her, but she wasn't letting me help, so yeah. Doctor here. One we commonly get is, I know my body. Scoped a guy with knee pain. The joint looked perfect told him after the surgery, and he told us, no, my tendons are all torn. I know my body. Told a lady she was pregnant. No, I'm not. I just had a big lunch. I know my body. Absolutely. When something doesn't feel right and your doctor doesn't want to listen, seek a second opinion. You know how your body normally feels. But if someone has performed an invasive surgery to look at your joint or has seen a fetus on ultrasound, they probably know what they're talking about. Probably the legions of women that seemingly don't know how long it can take for an IUD to work and want it taken out because it didn't instantly stop their periods within a month. Also the women that came in with chlamydia but deny having had intimacy. Like, come on. I'm not your boyfriend. You don't need to lie to me. Implying that she would if you were her boyfriend? I feel like that's something that would need to be talked about. Woman had a bad yeast infection. Besides that smell, I also smelled feces. I asked if she wiped back to front. She said, yeah, but that's not why I have this. It's from drinking pop. Despite my assurances that it was not from drinking pop, she wouldn't believe me. I said, okay, you must be right. I'm just a doctor, and prescribed her the same thing I would have if she was an intelligent person. Gynecologist here. Imagine a revved up version of that dreadlocked beanie-wearing woman meme. Uh, it's not vagina anymore. It's pronounced vagina now. <laughs> yes, your vagina is looking very lovely today. Your blood pressure is very, very high. You need to take the blood pressure medications I prescribed you. 
I don't need no pills, doc. All I need is Jesus. Well, you're about to be seeing Jesus very soon if you don't take your medication. Radiographer here, and the ED doctor gave me a request for soft tissue neck x-rays, and the doctor was pretty much like, don't question it, just do it. Anyway, after that patient had left the ED, doctor came in and told me that the gentleman presented the ED at 3am because he had hot milk three days ago and his tongue has been hurting ever since. The patient basically burnt his tongue, but was insisting on an x-ray to ensure nothing is wrong. Paramedic student here. Not the most stupid thing I've encountered, but the most common stupid thing. Do you have any pain anywhere else? Nah, all good. Then what do you take this specific medication for? Oh, that's for my back pain. Or, any past medical history? Nah. Ever been to hospital? Nah. Have you had a heart attack before? Yeah, how do you know? Has a massive personal medication bag with cardiac meds. While I am a doctor, this happened to my wife, also a doctor. Female patient came in complaining of infertility, said she and her partner had been trying to conceive for like five years and had tried everything. At one point, she let the pronoun slip, she and I, and my wife said, wait, let's back up a minute. Turns out the woman had been in a hetero relationship for a few years and never got pregnant despite using no protection. She then entered a same-sex relationship and again, never got pregnant even though she really wanted to, leading her to believe she was infertile. When my wife tried to explain that conception requires sperm, sourced from a male, as well as an egg, the patient was incredulous and exclaimed that she didn't need a man in my life and she didn't feel like being judged. Perhaps needless to say, the patient was lost to follow up. When I was about 16, I went to the hospital with sharp pain in the lower right hand side of my abdomen. It seemed pretty serious, so both my parents were with me, which was unusual because they're divorced. A doctor looked at my symptoms and said it looked like appendicitis. I groaned, I don't have an appendix, it was taken out. My parents said, yes you do. When I was six, I had surgery to correct testicular torsion. I kept both my testicles. My parents politely told people I had my appendix taken out to explain why I was in the hospital. I accepted this as the actual reason for my surgery. So years later when I learned the location of the appendix, I assumed they did some kind of laparoscopic surgery through my scrotum to explain the scar there. I was very surprised to learn I do, in fact, have an appendix. The pain turned out to be from a sharp piece of chicken bone. All the ones I can remember followed the same theme. Patient misunderstands the difference between correlation and causality. The most striking example was a young man who was dying of AIDS. Doc, I was never sick a day in my life until y'all started giving me all these meds. Well sir, while you still had a functional immune system, you didn't need these meds. HIV is a treatable illness these days if you actually take the drugs. If you believe the drugs are the problem and not the virus, well, you can still die from it very quickly. Variations on that theme are very common, unfortunately. I'm a family practitioner, and I had a family not want to vaccinate their newborn because they heard that vaccines were derived from monkeys' brains, and they didn't want their child to develop monkey-like characteristics. All I can think about is what kind of TV show would George in the Jungle be like if that were the plot? I'm a registered dietitian slash nutritionist. I was counseling a patient who was morbidly obese, diabetic, and had severe peripheral neuropathy. He was also a chiropractor who had a hard-on for homeopathic remedies. I couldn't get out a full sentence without this guy trying to tell me that a dilution of whatever the heck would do the exact same thing. Finally, I just said, look, doctor, you need to cut the sugar and eat something in the vegetable family with every meal. You can drink whatever potions you want on top of that, but 30 years of drinking your distilled water has landed you here in my office with a broken pancreas and no feeling in your feet. So let's give this a serious try unless you want to take a chance with your flower remedies when the heart attack or stroke hits. Since a few people have asked, he got highly offended and filed a complaint with our VP of patient relations. I was ordered to do some bullcrap sensitivity training where I was told that I should have listened to his opinion on care and validated him as being heard. I was also told by at least three non-clinicians 
that since he was a chiropractor, I should have given more weight to his opinion since he was a licensed healthcare provider. I finished the training and promptly began looking for a new job. I can think of two cases. One involves family members instead of the patient. I had a patient who had a simple L4-S1 fusion. Did great postoperatively. Went home and hippie daughter introduced some allegedly probiotic therapy to speed healing, which actually introduced bacteria into the surgical site. Three weeks later, we took him to the OR emergently to remove the hardware and he spent six weeks in the hospital thanks to the massive staph infection introduced by a hippie. The other was a naturopath slash witch doctor brought into our ED, initially unresponsive but regained consciousness. He had a ruptured MCA aneurysm. He insisted we try some alternative bullcrap to shrink the size of the bleed and heal it naturally before we would try the OR. His naturopath friend came in to do something while we took another patient to the OR. Went to convey the seriousness of the situation and he went unresponsive again, about two minutes after I left his ED room, to which we invoked an EM caveat and took him to the OR for definitive repair and clipping. He's now the naturopath who saved five lives thanks to organ donation.